You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 27, Testing Metal. Gabriella, Day 17 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. By the time Harry and company approached Aphrodite, there was a scene of devastation for them to behold. A line of black-suited humans wielding a lane weaponry blocked the front doors. Two crystal knights were patrolling the courtyard, which was littered with injured, unconscious, and in some cases most definitely dead, Imperial Guards. A small contingent of the remainder of reinforcements had backed up behind a long carriage mobile, using it as cover. It looks like this situation has shifted from a your world problem to an our world problem. The companions kept their heads down and edged along to the lieutenant. The leader of their escort, a muscular woman named Deeth, spoke for them. <gasps> what happened? We've readied for an assault. The lieutenant called. Sent ten of our squad up inside to guard the assets. They're on the top floor right now. But then when these humans arrived, they overpowered us. We're not equipped to go up against battlefield munitions. And then... She paused and shuddered, looking out over the erratically stomping, towering forms. Then they seized control of our crystal knights. How is that possible? How could they even know how to use our tech? Well, they know, said the lieutenant darkly. They don't mind killing us. Only one that went inside was the man in the white armor with the sword. The rest stayed out here and nobody could get past them. Who are these with you? The one in the black armor is human, and the other three are Athena Corps scientists who brought along some experimental weaponry. You got something that can neutralize a wave of shock blasts? Actually, yes. That's exactly what we have. At our shot back, briefly activating a broad red glittering shield on each arm. The lieutenant stared at them and nodded. What do you need? We gotta break their line and get inside after White, said Ganny. But if we all go in, they'll chase us through. And those crystal knights will break down the walls to get at us if they have to. I'll deal with those, Harry said. I don't think you understand what that would entail. Ganny's expression had become very grave. Those are war frames, and would usually be employed to turn the tide in battle. If they're being operated by untrained humans, there's no telling how chaotic and dangerous their actions could be. All of them regarded the puddles and splashes of mandarin-colored Elaine blood on the paving stones and shuddered. I'm the heavy hitter. Harry maintained. Nobody else can pilot my armor, unless you want to chop your shins off. Next time, maybe, Ganny muttered. All right, heavy hitter. Then see if you can aim for the knee crystals on those knights. They're reinforced, but the chambers have to be thinner to accommodate the movement. Take away their mobility and, well, you know more than anyone. Harry nodded solemnly. So who's going inside? Deeth inquired. I'll go, said Penny. What? I'll go after White. I'll slow him down. How? I'll talk to him. No, 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 no. The plan was to get Harry to White. Well, she'll be busy, so new plan. I won't last ten seconds out here, even in the armor you've given me. 
I was never good at sports, you know that. Both Harry and Ganny were getting increasingly ruffled. But I, I can talk. And if you can deal with these humans, you can come in after me. So, Penny handles infiltration. Attar declared dryly. Then against 14 highly trained human operatives dug in with overpowered weaponry and two crystal knights, we've got three lab rats, our bewildered escorts, and those five remaining Imperial Guard cowering behind that gaudy monstrosity of a vehicle there. I love this plan, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Harry nodded uncertainly and turned to Penny. Are you sure? We don't have much choice. The Elaine in green replied, trying not to hyperventilate. Fight quickly. They conferred and planned their strategy over the next few moments, but in Harry's mind it was impossible not to be drawn back to Green Hollow, feeling helpless again as her friends hid from enemy fire. Then it dawned on her that if this was Silent Company they were up against, then a lot of them would have been there prone and present on the firing line as White counted down from ten. These were the soldiers who took her legs. Harry exploded forth from the defense line, bounding forward flanked on both sides by Ganny and Atar, all activating their shields at once to form a wall. Silent Company rained down crackling blue and yellow bolts from their weapons, which impacted and sizzled across the sparking red shield surfaces as the Elaine guards, forming a ring around Penny, rushed in behind this battering ram. Silent Company realized too late that the intention was not to bring the fight to them, but through them. As the Crystal Knights began to career across the parking lot in the direction of the front doors, the Scarlet Comet hurtled towards the embedded humans, who each pulled in a sharp breath as they braced themselves for impact. There was a blast of escaping energy as Harry and company plowed into them, sending flailing, black-clad bodies tumbling through the air. In the chaotic melee, Penny broke free and scrambled through the front doors. Captain Ozu of Silent Company rushed in behind her, priming his Nox rod. Penny flung out her right hand and realized the TR glove was connecting with his weapon. A single prompt from her and the crystal pulsed with a shock of sudden energy, bursting through its holding chamber, sending a blowback up through the hilt and knocking Ozu to the floor, unconscious. Ah, <sighs> oh, crumbs. Penny panted in the silence as the glittering cinders swirled downwards and doors slammed shut behind her, with their reinforcements now holding the humans at bay. She felt briefly invincible. The last thing she saw as she padded away down the corridor was Harry turning about to face an oncoming crystal knight and landing a right hook, battering against its empty helmet. Penny, who normally abhorred violence, felt a surge of passion at this sight and ran on into the depths of the unknown facility. Ganny and Atar were fighting back to back, blocking incoming fire and throwing out their own shock bolts. 
The unusual armor they wore was attracting attention from Silent Company. However, the humans were finding themselves now cornered up against the walls of Aphrodite by the nine remaining Elaine. These guards whirled their lightning pikes, finally targeting at close range the stolen weaponry, which, while it had been devastatingly applied, was still new to the hands of these outsiders. Meanwhile, Harry was doing as Ganny advised, tearing her massive armored foot through the air and into the knee of the knight she had taken on. The boot connected and the golem rolled down, flinging out its arm. It collided with Harry's chest with a teeth-jangling blow. Too late, she realized she had been pushed back against the second knight. Massive, heavy arms wrapped around her trunk and she was lifted off her feet. Panicking, she kicked out and caught the shoulder of the knight with the damaged leg. She went up and over, slamming against the ground with a shuddering impact, rolling away to regain her footing. This was far too dangerous. She could not allow them both to zero in on her at once. She backed away, only to find Ganny at her side. The nearest one. I can see its control array. But it's up high, and I can't get that close on foot. How then? Harry asked as they both backed away, trying to keep as much distance as possible while the knights reared up and closed in. Throw me. Harry nodded, stooped, and lowered her hand. Ganny climbed onto the arm and crouched, readying to spring. You sure about this? Do it quick before I change my mind. And Harry flung him like a javelin, straight at the head of the closest knight. As he sailed through the air, Ganny balled up his mechanical fist and drew his arm back. Upon impact, he swung with devastating accuracy, carving a swathe through the neckline and almost severing the control stem. The knight shuddered as Ganny leapt down low and rolled to avoid its twin. To his horror, even for its size, it was too swift, and a massive metal boot rammed down on his prosthetic arm, crushing it against the street and pinning him in place. Across the way, the first knight with the damaged stem lurched towards the fighting Elaine guards with wildly swinging limbs, looking to dismember whatever it touched. <laughs> Harry leapt in and did the only thing she could see possible, carving a swathe across the knee joint, shattering crystal housing as she brought her iron elbow down onto the knight's boot, stopping it in place for a fraction of a second. It railed against her with frightening power, but she coiled about wrapping her arms around its waist, planting her feet, and hauling as hard as she could. Part of the trunk came away, and its right arm switched around and began to claw at her back. Harry screamed in fury and freed her left gauntlet, gripping its head. She grabbed on with the right gauntlet and found the exposed control stem. Letting fly a ferocious roar, Harry tore out the head and spine as one, sending the rest of the empty knight collapsing to the pavement. Then she spotted Ganny trapped against the ground, the damaged second knight bringing back its enormous fist to shatter his skull. With a sickening pull, the Elaine rolled himself sideways, wrenching his mechanical arm entirely off his body in a desperate bid to escape. The giant gauntlet sledgehammered into the area his face had been, crushing and deforming the stonework. The knight turned and bore down upon him now, moving with the frightening violence of indiscriminate machinery and the intention of a killer. Harry began to run, but had already worked out two things. The time it would take to reach him 
and that it would not be enough. The trance threatened to overcome her as she pondered in the last second what she could possibly have done to save Ganny. The night loomed, metal gauntlets outstretching to break his body apart, before suddenly lurching backwards, jerking and twitching uncontrollably, as though being beaten with invisible fists. It collapsed onto the pavement with a clamorous crash. His remaining shield fizzling in and out, Ganny blinked in astonishment. From the corner of the Aphrodite building, Attar limped towards them, two purloined control crowns gripped in his gloved hand. I found the silent guys controlling the knights. He grinned through bloodied teeth. Knew they'd have to be close enough to see what the automatons were doing. Gany and Harry rushed to help him. I'm okay. Leave me alone. Attar shooed them off, but groaned in pain, rubbing his right side. Ah, but to wish I... I'm not a fighter, though. Oh, remind me to remind you to teach me fisticuffs. A wave of euphoric exhaustion gripped Harry. It felt as though she might drop dead inside her suit. As the battle ended and the last of Silent Company fell, medical staff began approaching to tend to the wounded, Elaine and human alike. It was then that Attar took in the torn mechanical housing at his friend's shoulder. Are you all right? He demanded, shaking. Ganny nodded, afraid to look at the damage. <sighs> if I'd just been a few seconds too late. Attar gasped and bent over, knees giving way at the thought. Ganny paced wearily to where his absent limb lay, half buried in the pavement. Key components were snapped and mangled and the crystals were sparking feebly as he lifted it out. It's dead, he concluded. But I'm alive, and we can always fix this. He laid his left hand gently on Attar's shoulder. You did really good. The notion of attending to the mechanical arm immediately snapped the same thought into everyone's head. We've got to get in there. Harry panted. And help Penny. have been listening to episode 27 of Stone Spring Maidens, Testing Metal, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Guard Deeth, performed by Alexa Vargas. Lieutenant Elaine, performed by Debbie Morse. Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson. Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist. Pen Thessaly Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Flair, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. Jack the Lumberer, performed by Alexander Nakarada, courtesy of Free Vibes. 
many soundscapes including Starforged Fray, Sojourn, and Submerged by Tabletop Audio. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. If you can't support us on Patreon, but would like to contribute to this show, then a review on iTunes, or of one of the books on Amazon, would absolutely help us move forward. It takes five minutes, and it means the world. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our top-tier sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, and Valencia Burns. 